I want to read for you a direct message that I got from Pasmirchi. Pasmirchi. Now, Pasmirchi is a hockey nerd, and they spell hockey nerd as one word. Mm. And my profession is that I love cats. Hockey nerd and that my profession is love cats. 14 followers following 138 people. I get it. And this is from Saturday. Mm. So... Saturday night? Saturday night, or so Saturday morning at 7.13 a.m. Because we were talking about Shalgren. Mm. We were talking about who is this guy? Hi, Adam. Eric Shalgren is not to be underestimated. Oh. In the SHL playoffs, Eric Shalgren actually won the championship for the, is it Vasho Lakers? Vasho. Vasho Lakers. After former Oilers goalie Victor Faust went down with a career-ending injury in the semifinals against Orbero. My hometown. Eric Shalgren was absolutely, in caps, outstanding for the Lakers and arguably the reason they won the championship in 14 playoff games. He had a 174 goals against average and rocked a 930, uh, basically a 930 save percentage. Gee. And I didn't respond to that because I get a lot of DMs and sometimes I can respond, sometimes I can't, sometimes I don't see them. And then, yes, uh, this morning at 10 08 a.m., I get a message from Par- Pam- Pamishri from Sweden. I, I got to see this name. And, <laughs> and, and all he says is, told you. I, okay. I haven't even responded to him. Professional cat lady. And then where's the name? Right there. Pamishri. Pamishri. Pam- Regardless, Pamishri uh, was right. Eric Shalgren was nothing to be messed with. At least, at least... During one game. And it was nice to see. And it was sort of a relief. We saw a goalie. Now, given the Dallas Stars can't score goals. Okay, thank you for getting to that. Let's get this. uh, The Dallas Stars can't do anything offensively on a hockey rink. No, Rick Bonet is strangling his own team with the way they play. eh, eh. That's just sort of how they are. Yeah. They've been that for a couple years, but it's, it's awful in games like that. It's weird. Like... At stylistically, it's not good for offense, but they have some guys who can score the hell out of goals. Also, it, we, it's also a little bit on Rick Bonus. Adam isn't wrong on that. No, of course. Your, your coach is in charge of coaching the team, and if your team can't do anything offensively, it's time to change the strategy. Yeah, they're but, currently but 17th is... in the league in goals for, which isn't good because the next no. closest teams are Chicago, Buffalo, and Arizona. And I think their five-on-five goals for is like awful. It's like bottom 10. Or is it? Yeah, or, yeah. Organizationally, though, like it's a decision. You know what I mean? Like, sure, it's not yeah. just the coach. Mm-hmm. There isn't a disconnect. They've mm-hmm. decided we will not score and we will win. <laughs> and, but Well, the Islanders tried that and it worked. Right. Until but, it didn't. But uh, the Leafs, like, are like their defensive kryptonite as well. The Leafs have these weird rally games where they figure out, oh, oh defense. Oh, you want us to do that. Where they listen to the Arkells beforehand. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason. <laughs> That's the only, re- you know. And Adam, they get the Arkells show up at another Canadian event. You know, when the <laughs> Leafs finally win, you know what they're going to say about they, it? They're going to say it was the Arkells. No, they're going to say it was years in the making. Oh, because that's their new song. Their song. What was promoted in Hamilton, and they've got their show, yeah. which is the years in the making show in Hamilton. Right, okay. Song. I see yeah. what you did there. Yeah, no, so uh, they have these rally games. I'm super happy for Eric Shelgren. 
Um, and here's the thankless part about being a goalie in the NHL. All right, do it again. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, okay, do it again. And mm-hmm. Peter Morazic, by the way, is out in his St. Paddy's Day pads today at Morning Skate. So I think he's going to get the next start. He yeah, absolutely Thursday should Thursday uh, for versus Carolina's St. Paddy's and, Day. And here's the yeah. thing, right? This is the Carolina game. Here's why I think he should get it. Because, you know, we, I've had a bunch of Detroit fans reach out and go, listen, you don't understand Peter Morazic. The 9-10 save percentage that Kyle Dubas quoted is a mirage. I think it was Iserman BRZ on Twitter that was tweeting us about it. I saw. And, and he said, like, listen, it's, it's, it's a mirage. He has games where he's absolutely unbeatable and then games where he, he's played like he's played the entire season here in Toronto. I think he's wrong for the right reasons. What do you mean? If that makes sense. Well, we clarified it before. Like, stylistically, he's a nightmare. He's a nightmare yeah, he stylistically. Is. He doesn't do any of the things you're supposed to do. 9-10 save percentage. The 9-10 save percentage suggests that it comes out in the wash, right? Yes. This is not yes. an elite goalie, but he stops enough pucks generally to give his team a chance to win. This is the worst hockey of his career, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about what Morazic was versus what he is currently. Mm-hmm. He's not an old man although he does have an injury history. Um, I'm willing to believe he's better than this, but holy shit. Like, this isn't a goalie who's struggling because the puck is just, it just happens to be finding ways by him. This is a goalie who has no clue what he's doing, right? Doesn't know where the post is, but Eric Schalgren knew where the posts were last night. He sure did. It was such a calm viewing experience. I'm like, oh, look at him. You you know, uh, what, what what do they say about goalies? They, they, they say, uh, you know, Joe Bowen has a thousand nicknames for them. They always say between the pipes. What, what do they say for Peter Morazic? In the general vicinity of the face-off circle. <laughs> Which like, one? The center ice one or exactly. the half marks? Or where is he? The dude, like he's halfway to being offside. Yeah. A lot of times. So, But uh, would you not agree? And I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no. But would you not agree, Jesse and Steve? And I want to ask you both mm-hmm. this question. It that Peter Morazic starting versus Carolina on Thursday solves this once and for all. Because if he has a bad game to me, and then Shawgren follows that up with a good game, Peter Morazic is now third on your depth chart. Oh. And second, until Jack Campbell comes back. I think we're already there, personally. Right, but don't you feel like there's there's got to be that one final nail in the coffin? This is a guy on a three-year deal, right? When you have a three-year deal, when you're being paid this much, you do get... A few extra chances than a rookie coming into the league. You know, like, 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 Garrett Sparks didn't have a good run as the backup goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he didn't no. get as many chances as, um, as Mrazek will get because he wasn't an established NHL player already. Right? Is that fair to say? Mrazek, if, if he was on an expiring contract, I don't think we'd ever see him again. Hmm. Yeah, but he's, he's got two years left. So you're right. You got to make it work against his former team mm-hmm. sure. so that's a big one um you know and then if he plays an amazing game against carolina you have a fantastic problem i think i think they did it incorrectly i would have given shalgren a run here w- uh with okay. campbell out like I, I think yeah i think you probably should have because you know what you have in morazic you know what you have in campbell you don't know what you have in shalgren one game isn't enough so you it, take advantage of this and give him a little bit of run a couple games in a row and see what you got and then you evaluate the three goalies and you rank them. But they're giving Morazic back the net, which I think is kind of odd. Well, here's so it's official he's playing? 
Uh, no, but he's he came out with the old school brown pads uh, for the for the same. Just because he ordered this, because he ordered that shit, doesn't mean he can't wear it on the bench. You right. Know? Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> he, and that's fair. That, that'd he can be wear, nice. Yeah, because here's the thing. Let's say he he pitches an absolute gem against the Hurricanes. All right. So the Leafs' entire deadline strategy is going to be around one good game against the Hurricanes. I Abs mean, they've they've based it on less. They, they based Mike. They, they they based Mike Babcock's job on one good game five against the Bruins. Yeah, and they were wrong. It cost them millions of dollars wrong, you know. So, and twenty games. And twenty games. So what what I would say to that is, uh, your mind should be made up. Shalgren starts every game uh, heading into the deadline, which is only two. Yeah. By the way, and yeah. They, they're, not they're not doing that. It seems like. I would have given him Thursday, and then if he if he's great if he's great on Thursday, then I go again on Saturday. If he's hog shit Thursday, I give him Saturday. Yeah, I give him I it give him the full experience. It should have been three games, so you have something going into Monday, and you know. Here's here's what you got. You got a defensive uh, brute force team like the Dallas Stars. He shut him down. Mm -hmm. You got a high flying, high octane offense like the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll see how he does, and then you give him the bright lights of Saturday night. I don't even know who they're playing. That's what I was about to yeah. double check. Doesn't so, even matter. Preds. The pre that's a great. That's a, a great team. evaluation team. game there as well. It's a great evaluation game. Yeah. Uh, I like. I don't put any stock into what pads Mrazek is wearing today. He's he can wear them on the bench. Um, and the Leafs can also order other pads. I'm sure. Of course, they can order pads in Shogren's size. <laughs> and the other thing with with Mrazek though is, um, and we sort of get a little bit tunnel vision at this time of year. There are games after the deadline. Like the Leafs have, uh, what is it, a lot. 20, 22 games left, 21? Yeah. And he can play some of those games. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. He can, here's a great scenario. The Leafs could potentially head into the playoffs with a healthy Jack Campbell, with a uh, resurgent Peter Morazic, and look at this found money in Eric Chalgren, who was a 904 in the AHL. We didn't even know he was this good. I give him give him the net. Give him the net for the next two games. Peter, you had your shot. Wow. I I agree where you just need to evaluate your talent. Okay. And yeah. You can't do that in practice. You gotta do it in the game. So and here's an opportunity with your number one goalie out to just evaluate your backups and that you need to take advantage of it, especially going into Monday when you gotta make a decision. Um, I noticed uh something so uh, the AHL, it's so hard to look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and be like, this is the this is the player they are. Yeah. Because you'd look at certain players and be like, oh, they're god. Like you you look at T.J. Brennan, yep. and that is Zeus holding lightning. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to join the yep. NHL and win the Norris, and then you watch him and you're like, oh, that's why he's not here, right? Um, but the one statistical anomaly I found interesting: Hutchinson's a 901, Wool is a 902, Shalgren's a 904. They're almost identical in the AHL. Hutch is a uh, has a record of five four and three. Wool is five and seven. Shalgren is fifteen eight and one. So there's got to be something there. So don't, yeah, look at the maybe look at the record, right? There's I, and I know wins are a terrible way to evaluate yeah. goaltenders. I know that, but it's not a great but, team, is it? Uh, they're fine. They're okay. They haven't been great since Greg Moore joined. Um, they're fine. They don't have a ton of players under... They have a lot of AHL contracts on that team. Right. And it's sort of unnecessary. Interesting. Well, I, I think they want their guys playing big minutes 
wherever they can. Like they have a lot of guys in the uh, KHL, VHL, MHL, um, Finland, and, Sweden, and maybe college. that all that maybe the KHL part changes next year. Mm, yeah, well, Dmitry Avchinikov has already come over mm-hmm. to the Marlies, so I I think. I think we're going to stop seeing that. I think there's an aspect of the Leafs that they went heavily KHL because of COVID, and they're like, all right, everyone get the hell out of there. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that was interesting pregame on Sunday before the Heritage Classic when Dubas was talking, he mentioned, he's like, we have, I'm I'm not necessarily looking for goaltending at the trade deadline, which he's been saying this is company line. Liar. Lies. But when he was listing the goaltenders they have, he threw in Joseph Wall. He said they have Shalgren, they have uh, Mrazek, and they have Wall. And I was like, he, Wall's the odd man out. But there's an opportunity for Wall that I think he's missing out on because he doesn't seem to be in the running. But if he was, I guess, better earlier in the year, there would have been an opportunity for him to jump in. And that's competitive sports, right? Yeah. Be good. Well, and be ready for your opportunity. So this this is hilarious. But Wall and Shalgren have started a combined five games for the Leafs. Two shutouts. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. They have a shutout each. Yeah. But um, I, I don't want us to forget about Joseph Wall. He's still there. He can still have a backup job. Yeah. I don't want to forget about him either. And for Shalgren, it's a very small sample size. I tell you what, Wool never made me as comfortable as Shalgren did last night. Mm. Now, Wool was playing in the midst of the standard of all star Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. And uh even, I mean, usable Peter Morazic. Uh Shalgren is just like he's a he's a He's a pond and he's an oasis in the desert. <laughs> like he's just, we were all dying of thirst and he, he quenched it last so, night. But Wool right now in his career belongs in the minors. Shalgren, I think this is his shot. Yeah. Shalgren, he's a little ahead of Wool in his development, I yeah. guess. But it's the conversation has been around Wool more than Shalgren. Like Absolutely. Shalgren hasn't been Absolutely. on the radar at all. Wool's gotten the starts earlier in the year. At but. least not to the average fan too, right? right. Like the average fan is not. Like, uh, to be honest with you, even the hardcore fans, not many of them had heard, not no. many of us had heard of Eric Shawgrin. Wall was much, the next guy up. 100%. So, so this this is uh, tricky with the AHL is um, we look at guys getting called up as, oh, this is where they are on the depth chart. Mm. It's not always the case because I'm fairly certain when Wall got the call up, um, Shawgrin was hurt. Mm. I think he had a concussion um, from earlier this year. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but they've sort of traded injuries. The, the Marlies have had nightmare injury luck over the, over the last few years. Um, I, I like Wool. I've year after year, I say I believe in him. Um, but this is this is Shalgren's time mm-hmm. in the NHL. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to see. Now, I'd like to talk about something that has arisen, and I'm not totally sure why. And I've said this, I've said this for weeks now. Uh, but for the, I don't know how many seasons John Tavares has played, but in every season except for last one, which was shortened, yeah. he has scored 20 goals or more. And last night he got his 20th goal. And last year, by the way, he had 19 goals. In 56, 56 games. Yeah, he's, come on, so guys. he was on pace for 28 to 30 goals last year, something like that. And he was still he has 37, over a point a game. He has 20 goals. He's got 37 assists. Or Sorry, last year he was just under. Can we do away with the John Tavares is A, washed up, or B, not worth the money narrative? You know, you could talk to me about, well, an $11 million, con- million dollar contract should be worth this. Well, it was free agency. He's a u- unrestricted free agent. When you buy an unrestricted free agency, you will overpay. Listen, he accepted less money. If he had been a San Jose Shark, and he could have been, he'd be making $13 million a year right now. He'd be the highest paid player in the NHL. That's what the Sharks offered him. So 
So just to, just to put that into context. Now, John Tavares stepped up last night and was great, I thought. Absolutely, and he, he needed to. Yeah, and he needed to because Austin Matthews is gone today. And he's really going to be gone against Carolina, which Whoa. is going to be hard to That just to deal occurred with. to me. That hurts, Ugh. right? Carolina is a just a killer team. Unbelievable. God, that sucks. <laughs> and John Tavares, every day, whether or not it's going in for him, goes in, plays defense. You, you ever hear about John? Well, that was a shitty defensive play by John Tavares. Do you ever hear that? Sometimes. I mean, he's, he's mortal. Right, but it's never like, you know what I'm talking he's, about. He's not an idiot. <laughs> yeah. It, you're not you're not terrified when he's out there. Here, I'll give you an example. Tyler Sagan had a horrible game last night. Yeah, and by the way, Tyler Sagan rolled into town with 299 career goals and did not get 300 in Toronto. And Shocked. I, you have to imagine. You have to imagine. 299 that he expected goals to. And a solid quarter of them are against the Leafs. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Crazy that he didn't get it. I, I just, I want to once and for all put that to bed because I think that that's just been one of those storylines that's been lingering out there. And for anybody that thinks that, um, my question is what what is what does washed up mean to you? What is washed up truly? He had a couple of bad weeks. So did Nylander. Nylander's been great. He's, he's been okay. He's been he's been bad. Okay, he had a shitty game against Buffalo. Nylander's been wandering a little. I don't. Like uh, it. You think so? He's a little yeah. focused. Yeah. His, his passes are a little. Okay, they're a little less crisp Very. these days. Big time. Yeah. No, he looks confused out there. It's weird. Wow, really? You think yeah. so? Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's getting his cookies. The His shot is stupid. Stupid. Mm -hmm. He still gets like one or two breakaways a game. He always, yeah. He's always the guy they're springing, which is awesome. But in the neutral zone and a little bit defensively, he's, he's kind of loosey-goosey. So he's got, you know, he's got 56. Tavares has got 57. Yeah. For but, your second line center yeah. and your second line right winger. What team was unhappy with that in 60 games? I think it's a chemistry issue right now, and people are conflating it with he's bad. Mm -hmm. right. And I'm talking about Tavares. I think casual fans have an issue with John Tavares the last season and a half. I feel like that, that thing's been bubbling up where they don't like the contract, and they look at Matthews, and they're like, this guy's making $11 million. Like that's that's You should be making less trade. Every up. center in the league would look bad, with the exception of Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby, right. would look bad next to him. Right, but I think a lot of casual fans just point to that simple thing, and they're like, he makes so much money, and he's, he's not the star, you know? You could move him for a, a big defenseman. And I think that's a lot of a lot of the audience. And it's not a correct take. Three guys. Matthews, Tavares, Marner. They all make double digits. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not going to complain about Matthews. He rules. Marner's been All right, so we're year. gonna we're gonna carve Marner. Oh wait. Oh, he's playing the best hockey of his career. Wait, wait, wait. Who's the other guy? Uh Tavares, I think. That's our guy. We're gonna kill him. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're just gonna crucify him at every turn. Uh because, and I get it. Like, this is what comes with being the captain of a team, mm -hmm. with making a lot of money. It's an honor mm -hmm. bestowed upon the best. Yep. We are not, like, we're not having a conversation like, guys, bring it in. It's Alexander Kerfoot washed up. <laughs> right. You don't have those conversations. No, you don't. Um, listen, he's great. He's great. Good game. So for you're him. looking for somebody to carve. That's the guy you carve. Not me. But, no, but but I, I obviously not you. But right. I'm, I'm talking. Oh, about there's a you. reason we're talking about this narrative is because people are it's, saying it's it. been and out there. Some people they they look at it and they nitpick. That's the captain. A lot of people think Austin Matthews should be the captain, so they'll go at the guy as the captain. Mm -hmm. He's the he's not he's the second star on the team in terms of production. You know, 
So there's a lot of things you nitpick, but none of those things are valid. Listen, like a great I, player who's I, on a good contract. I would I listen. I would listen to somebody saying maybe it's time for Devaris to pass the captaincy to Matthews. I would listen to that, and that's happened before peacefully. Sure. sure. And there has been harmony in the land. Marner, Mar, or sorry, Marlowe did it to Thornton. Thornton did it to wasn't it uh, Pavelski? No. I Brent Burns? No. I think it was Pavelski. Yeah. Pavelski? Pavelski? You know what I mean? And they all played on the same team together. I could listen to that argument. But don't tell me that John Tavares isn't good or worth his contract anymore. Right. Yeah. It's just factually incorrect. It's No, it's it's silly. You, you need a guy. I, I get it. It's fine. Listen, I understand it a lot more if he played goalie. <laughs> but he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. So let me let me run you through this. Just from just just straight up from the charts. Uh, Austin Matthews. Uh, uh, Austin Matthews, like so. Th these charts that Dom Lecision puts together, it's a okay? lot of lot of yellow, right? So what's what's that one? <laughs> that it, well, Jesus, dude, I can't read. GSVA, Stephen. Go, sorry, GSVA. Yeah. Uh, goal saved. I I forget. What is it? <laughs> I don't know what it is either. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Ah, uh, GSVA. There it is. I forget. Here, we'll do this. We'll, we'll let game it score a, value added. It's game a, score yeah. value added. Okay. Sorry, there there's go. a similar one for goaltending. There you so go. So I was like, wait, how does this apply to Matthews? Right. So he's Matthews is a 5.8. He, I think, I think McDavid at the beginning of the season was like a 5.9. They're like up a, 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 like a tenth away from each other right now. Marner's a 4.2. Sorry, what, what, what? What is that good? It's very, that, <laughs> the highest you can be, I think, is like a 6 or a 6.4 okay. or something. It's like some ridiculous number. Marner, 4-2. Bunting is a 3-2. Now, I think some of that's inflated because he's playing with them. I'll give you that. I still think he deserves the call the Calder. Nylander, a 2-2. Two -two. And, and Tavares, a 2-6. Can, can I talk about something with Dom's work? Yeah. Is uh, these, these charts that Dom does and, and Money Puck, they, they've been getting some negative press recently. And the reason is because people use them wrong. They just, they just tweet out the, the card and go, See, better. Look at this. Right. Very good. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Like, yeah, no, totally. But it's dumb and provides no context, which Dom will provide in abundance. Right? Like, it, yeah, that's amazed. why we don't call him dumb decision. Hey, hey. <laughs> that would be a dumb decision. Oh. Hey, hey, oh, hey. Woo. Woo. Anyway, sorry. No, like, uh, listen, like, well, I guess the card ends up on free Twitter. Yeah. And the explanation is behind, is, a paywall, is behind the paywall. But like, just don't have such a passionate opinion about the card if you didn't well, read it. So if part you of, didn't read the article that went with but it. But part of what I really like about this is it actually talks about the market value of certain players. Here's what their salary is. Here's what their market value is based on this model. Dolph's models are pretty good. So like Austin Matthews, his salary is 11.6. His market value, if there was no cap and he was paid properly, can you hazard a guess? 15. Jesse, hazard a guess. Uh, 16. 19.4 million. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Mitch Marner, 10.9 million. What's his market value? 14. 17. 14.3, Steven. Hey. Okay, let's go uh, Michael Bunting. Here's how this will be interesting. So I, I know this one. Okay, well, tell one. me what it is. J Jesse, what do you He think? makes a million bucks. Eight. What's eight, okay. Eight million? Mm -hmm. Market value. 11.4. 11.4 million. <laughs> William Nylander. Salary, 7 million. Market value, guys. What do you think? Nylander? Uh, nine. Jesse? 
Bunting was 11? Yeah. 11.4. So I'm going to go 13. It values Nylander at an 8. Oh. But here's where the Tavares one's interesting. Remember what I told you? And this is, again, I'm cherry picking from Dom's charts and in no way doing this justice. But I, I wanted to show the, the market value for Tavares. Remember, his salary is 11. His market value, according to Dom's charts, is 9.4 million. Oh, I was going to say 11. No, it's Bang not 11. On. But, and that's a quote unquote overpay. I don't even think that includes last night's stats. But I don't know. Um, if that is, if, if you're overpaying a guy who would probably be the number one center on 25 of 32 teams, a million dollars a year, are you upset about that? No. So that, also, I just want to put that to bed because I think it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. Dom does not believe Michael Bunting should be paid 11 points. No, he doesn't. And I think that's also part of it, no, right? This it's is like, a model you... that he is constantly working on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm not talking to you. I'm no, I know. To no, no. The right. room. I get it. I totally get it. So, yeah. long story short, I just think Tavares needs to, I think we need to back off the Tavares thing. And what you need to focus on, if anything's not good enough, it's, um, well, I'd like to see the fourth line make more of their minutes. You want to talk about something? They were good last night. They were. Kyle Clifford. Without Wayne Train, it made me uncomfortable. When, when do we send them out to pasture? Jesse, how dare you? <laughs> He's got another year. Yeah, it's buryable though, mostly. Yeah, but I don't want to. Yeah, do you know, I don't think you bury it. You know, he's never playing a game in the he can, NHL. He can be your thirteenth forward. Yeah, I don't mind that. Him and Clifford are. But I gotta say, Kyle Clifford played like he wanted a he spot had a in the lineup. Game. Kyle I mean, Clifford had a great he had a game. game. He played fresh. <laughs> yeah. Also. Uh, there have been a couple guys on that fourth line recently who don't belong Kerfoot? there. Kerfoot? Mm -hmm. Kerfoot and <laughs> Pasha, like they don't, they super don't belong there. So that's helping to make it look good. Um, Clifford? Based on that one game, I think it's uh, extended Kyle Clifford look time. Kyle Clifford needs to play once a week. I don't think we, at he least needs, yeah, but you got to give him a couple games in a row to see what he what he sure. does. But I forgot once, he existed. Once you once you sit tight with your lineup, Cal Clifford isn't in there every day. I don't. I think you'll you'll waste his energy like that. I think you bring Listen, him in every and, and the forty like keeps messing me up. Games. By the Nazem Clifford here, I am. I am. Uh, I am no. It's messing me right up. Uh, and underratedly, Nick Robertson had a really good game. Well, his brother was he there. Was okay, his, he was fired did up. you see his mom? Picked uh picked the least jersey to wear rather than the stars. Yeah. Now she had the stars hat. She had the stars hat. Yeah, she okay. had a stars hat on and a Leafs jersey. By the way, her name they were. It's in Toronto. You I know? just, I just want to throw this out there. Okay, you guys are both siblings, right? You guys are yeah. siblings. Yeah. I've never had to do this with but, each other. <laughs> but Jesse, sure. Do you think that your parents would have, if if it was you and your sister going yeah. head to head in a professional sport, yeah. whose jersey are they wearing? Uh, are you picking Bart or Lisa? They're doing both. They're doing. Are they going to the, do both? They'll do one. I'll wear one or. Uh, They'll do split down the middle jersey. Okay. Have you seen those? I always yeah. thought the Franken jersey. <laughs> oh, the yeah. Frank, yeah, the Franken jersey is fun. horrific. Parents too. know how to do things. Yeah, I don't know. I just I remember it reminded me of a moment, and the reason I asked is, you know, sometimes I think parents go defer to the younger sibling a little bit because mm. the younger sibling, you know, came along later and needs needs a little time or whatever, and some somehow that carries over into adulthood. But um, it reminded me of. When Rob and Scott Niedermeyer were going head to head in the Stanley Cup Finals, two thousand three, I was yeah, just about to say that. Ducks Devils, yep, and 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 Scott, they 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 uh, they talked to the mom who was in the box, and they said, "Who are you rooting for?" She's like, "Well, Scott's already got one of these, so I'm <laughs> cheering for Rob." And he was Loved a monster it. in those playoffs, right? He was really good. He was man. That was the little team that could. It well, was that was J. Babcock, J. S. Jagger and his band of merry men. Yeah, that yeah. was Mike Babcock, though. Was it? Yeah. 
Oh, pretty yeah, sure. He was, and he won the con Smythe in a losing effort. Last guy to ever do it. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, question for you guys. I, I wanted to ask about the third line, which has been steady Eddie all week or all uh, all winter long. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. it it doesn't seem to matter who's on it. It's always David Kampf is playing well, mm-hmm. and he always gets like a chance a game, which is shocking to me. Shorthanded too. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome shorthanded. I love them. So what my question is, what of Mikheyev, Kampf, Engvall, and Kasha do you like the best? What combo do you like the best? Because I like the. Mikheyev, Kampf, Kasha thing. But the problem is, in that situation, I always find that it's Mikheyev that gets sprung. And then you may as well close your eyes because it's not going in. Man, he, I, I know he's so I know, fast. I know he, he's so fast, and I know he's got 11 goals, and he got his goal last night. Uh, but let, can be Ilya Mikheyev has stone hands. The hell of an empty netter. Was a hell, he earned the empty netter. Yeah. He's, you know what? He's underrated bang and crash guy. Okay. Like, a lot of his goals have come from in front of the net. And I mean, we know he's going to be the first one there, um, so that's good. But yeah, the the breakaway. I mean, he'd be better off hard stopping and just taking a slap shot. Ideally <laughs> for me, Robertson's not in the lineup. Really? Yeah. I and then I run with uh, probably Kasha up with uh, Willie and JT. Yeah. Well, and then or Kerfoot. You keep Clifford over Robertson because what do you have Robertson on the fourth line for? Yeah. Yeah. So. Why do you ideally it. not have him in the lineup? I don't, I don't think he's there yet. I think no? I think Robertson needs some more seasoning. I he runs around a lot, which is fun, but I don't think it's the type of hockey the Leafs need to be playing in the playoffs. And I think there's more talented forwards who will who will help you win four to seven because that's the whole goal here. Mm-hmm. And I think Kasha needs to be a little higher in the lineup. And um, you're not going to waste Kerfoot's minutes. Kerfoot's so talented. Um, and Robertson's the odd man out to me. He's not going to play on the fourth line. Like he's like that should be Clifford or Simmons. He's so, going to come back next year and be an absolute monster. Who's right. that? Robertson? Robertson? Robertson. But he's, he's not there yet. No, uh, you know the, you know, sometimes you oh, injury prone. I mean, what's he going to do? Do there are there any push-ups you can do for your bones? <laughs> he broke his leg, man. Like I think he's a, he's a super hard working, determined kid. Um, I think he's going to be. First in the gym, last out, and he's going to be great next year. We're just not there yet. I just want to shout Jesse out here for being Nostradamus because David Alter, friend of the show, uh, just tweeted at the practice lines for today. Okay? So you got Bunting, Tavares, Marner, obviously. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nylander, mm. Kerfoot, mm. Kasha. Kasha. There you go. Yeah. And Robertson is back on the fourth line with Clifford and Spezza. So that's one guy that could skate, one guy that could shoot, and one guy that can kill you. So, <laughs> is, is Simmons still out? Simmons is still out, and Matthews is suspended. Those are the two extras at, at practice, and and then so I wanna, Robertson is on the fourth line. He is on the fourth line. Okay. I mean, you can still use him. The fourth line can be used as like storage. Yeah, it's basically yeah. what they did with Kasha. Self storage. Yeah, it's here. You're gonna be storage, and also yeah, here second power play. So so I gotta ask you this because the, there is more combinations that I want to talk about. But last night they tried the Riley Labushkin, uh, lineup together. And then you have he flattened. Jason it's funny. Yeah, he did. He sure did. It's sure funny did. how little little we talk about the defense when there's competent goaltending. Spear <laughs> and shield. Everything kind of works out when you got somebody who stops a puck. So yeah, do you like Labushkin Riley? So far, I mean, it was and, one game. And TJ Brody moves over to the left side. Yep. Plays with Justin Hall. I don't love that. It was yeah, it was weird. Okay, I love it. but we're trying stuff. <laughs> right. Yep, I get it. And then Sandine and Lilligren. 
who have played together a lot this year. I think they've had really good results considering how old they are. Lilligren's got uh, five assists in his last six games. Sandin with the hands. Sandin so we're talking yeah. about that Woo! fucking goal. That goal was insane. Yeah. After a big hit. Doesn't yeah. he have like a point streak growing or something? He scored a lot in the last five, six games. Sandin as well. I don't know. It's uh, difficult because it's been broken up by uh, the injury. Yes. Yeah. Or but I, I just, I, I think that, you know, we, we talk a lot about Matthews and, and uh, in Bunting and some of the other success stories here. But Sandine and Lilligren look like guys that you cannot scratch mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. night, mm-hmm. and they're like 21 and 22. Yeah. Lil- and they're defensemen. That is rare, and they're playing together. Lilligren needs to be used correctly. I think we've discovered that. Um, I just don't like him in front of his own net. Like, that's my big complaint with him. That's his, a problem you could fix, by the way. Uh, uh, yeah. And, like, uh, his offensive instincts are, are good. His neutral zone instincts are good. Generally, his decision-making is good. I just don't like him in front of the net. So he's probably not a great partner for Muzzin. You know what I mean? That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I uh, am looking forward to the battering ram of Muzzin Labushkin. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, the Leafs have a very good problem on defense. Because if we're looking at the projected lineups for late in the season or the playoffs, it's... I. Think you go back to Riley Brody. They, that has always worked well. Yeah, and then you have Muzzin, Labushkin, and, Labushkin, and then Sandy Lilligren. And if you're asking Hall and Dermott to stay out, that's not bad. <laughs> if you're asking Hall and Dermott to stay out, and you're asking Dubis to go get somebody on Monday, who's that guy? Who does he replace? You, is it an issue anymore? Do you take that and you go get a defense? Uh, you go get a goaltender. I don't know. Well, are we asking yeah. Dubis to get a defenseman anymore? There's they're going out and getting the Middleton. From the Sharks. Milton's who, such just a guy. No, he's good. <laughs> the Leafs want him, so he's good. I heard, uh, I think it was like last week or whatever, Colorado was in on Middleton as well. There's a couple teams that are... that are. Sorry, am I breathing heavily into the yeah, microphone? Yeah, I'm trying to do it subtly, but... <laughs> Sorry, I'm having, I'm having problems. I guess it's because it's spring-ish, so my, my nose has been clogged up lately, so I apologize for breathing you just, into the microphone. You hover right here. I know, I'm sorry. I'm a heavy breather, and I've gone to, like, ear, nose, and throat, guys, and, like, there's nothing wrong. I'm like, there is! There's something wrong! Yeah, don't tell me that! Yeah, sorry. Anyway, sorry. Middle, Middleton's a guy. He's the report... He's like, the guy! Stay-at-home defenseman type, you know, but... Where does he fit in the lineup? Who are we kicking out for Middleton? Listen, listen. This is all I have on the mind, Jesse. Singularly focused. Package with Reimer. Well. Reimer Middleton. So is that, is that, uh, is that out there? Uh, of- oh, it's just something I want. Badly. That's all. Except. <sighs> does it make sense? Yes, it does. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I want it. How does it make sense? He's a very good goalie and I love him. Okay. That's how it makes sense. Eat shit. <laughs> so the rumor from LeBron was that Jacob Middleton would cost a second round. Pick okay, never mind. For uh, the Leafs to acquire him, he's twenty six. Final year of a two way contract that's seven twenty five. So like Middleton can be an extra defenseman, but for that's an astronomical price. Second round pick for uh, your. I mean, your seventh defenseman. Full full marks for asking. Sure. You sure. I mean, it's it's a rumor worth looking into because Dubas uh, does do deals with the Sharks. Do you guys want the stat that's highlighted on Middleton's re- resume? Uh, this is on what? The score? <laughs> Let's go. Score. No. God. Six blocked shots per 60. What? Wow. I don't. 
That's a lot of block shots per six. I don't know if that's good. That's no, a lot. that usually yeah, it's a lot, but that usually means you're in the defensive zone and have to block shots. Yeah. But yeah. that means that you're not you're shots. not controlling the puck. That's that's the debate between Corsi versus Fenwick. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you know, you could argue, yeah, you don't have the puck, so it's bad that you're blocking shots. Yep. Or you could argue, well, it's a skill. It's a skill that not everyone can do or is willing to do. You know, and that's that's just the difference in ideology, really. I mean, who's not losing their mind for a great block shot? Oh, it's great. The problem is, is that you don't want it to be your highlight stat because, again... Well, who's not losing their mind for a 50 save performance? I, I love a big hit, but I don't want to leave the league in hits. Yeah. It means no, I don't I, have the puck. I know what you mean. Yeah. Sure. I, I don't mind the Leafs getting a two-way defenseman who makes 725. That's a good deal. If Dubas goes out and gets a Jacob Middleton, not I don't mind rounder, it, though. but not for that price. By the way, if we're in fourth. It's all good. We're in big show getting spoiled by a trade territory. Oh, what, yeah. You think something's going to happen? Well, it's just we got today and we got Friday, right? And there's, I just, I feel, um, you know, the wood on the dam, it's creaking. Midday Friday trades are a thing. They yeah, are. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's ready are. to, it's ready. That dam is ready to burst. Yeah. Because what what did we get? We got the Josh Manson trade and yep. we got, there was another Jost. one. Jost. Jost. Yeah. It's a, it's a small one, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, that's, that's the. That's the uh, the tremor mm-hmm. before the full blown for Drew, for Drew, and uh, also Patrick Kane. <laughs> I saw the I saw <laughs> the people punching Patrick Kane into the Avalanche's lineup. I'm and like, guys, Malkin. calm down, <laughs> calm down, Avalanche fans. <laughs> producer Drew. Um, yeah, yo, <laughs> you can have it, you can have Drew, producer Drew. Can I? But you can't have Patrick. I, Kane. I knew Drew was in a meeting when that trade broke, so I was just like texting him, texting him, texting him. <laughs> Drew has been uh, heavy on the Twitter lately because he's like aggressive on the Twitter because <laughs> he's anxious. He knows this is a big year. For yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I, it felt like projection. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Producer Drew. It feels like with with the Avs fans, it's like this is really great. This is really great. I sure hope this works because this team was unstoppable last year. Yeah, they were unstoppable the year before. And I think a little bit the year before, but what happened each time? No, Drew. They were stopped. Drew showed his hand yesterday. Oh. The Avs fans are not thinking this is really great. What they're thinking they're is it's not going to get better than this. Oh. And they're right. They got Kadri, final year. Uh, it's either this year or next year. Nathan McKinnon's best contract in the league expires. Mm-hmm. Can you explain the Strom the Strom Yost trade anyway? Like, what's that? What's oh, Sturm. That really, Sturm, yeah. What's that do? Um, Yost uh, has a higher ceiling um, and is younger than Sturm. Sturm is older, but they're both basically the same guy. Um, like in terms of where they fit in the lineup, like they're bottom bottom line center basically. Can I tell you the whole purpose of the contract? Please do. $1.275 million. That's what it is. They so, traded contracts. So the the Wild probably get the better player. Probably. Um, and if he's not now, he's going to be. But he costs far more money. Right. So the Avs save money on the cap. I don't know what it... So they can make another move. Yeah. People are like, man, the Avs saved $1.2 million. No, they didn't. <laughs> because it's March. Right. They yeah. saved whatever... 
the rest of the season. Their deadline cap space is nearing three million. It's like two point nine. But since we're on Avs talk, and Landeskog is on, we have to talk about their shenanigans. All Dude, right, yeah, yeah, why yeah. not? Gabe yeah, yeah, Landeskog yeah. is shenanigans. Are you kidding me? Dude. You're telling me he has he could have just he could have taken surgery in the offseason if he wanted to. If if today was game one of the playoffs, he wouldn't have had surgery. He would have been out there playing. Yes, but hockey players are out of their minds and they play with grotesque injuries all mm-hmm. the time. I believe that he needed this surgery because when? hockey p- players are crazy people. When did he need it? Uh probably months ago. Yeah. Okay, so why did they delay it till now so they could get some extra cast space and then you can come back for the playoffs? Here's why I <laughs> I tend to, even though it's bullshit, yes. I will agree with you that it's bullshit, but it's justified bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's justified, A, Tampa did it and they won. Uh, B, Vegas is kind of a cautionary tale. Because oh. We, oh, we're going to talk about Vegas. That's the whole thing. Well, put Mark Stu- okay, this is all I'll say about it, but they put their captain on uh, LTIR, and all of a sudden, like, they're maybe not going to make the mm-hmm. freaking playoffs here. Uh, but, yeah, we'll get we'll get to them later. Landeskog, I believe. I believe. You believe I, what? I, mean, I believe, believe that he's a hockey player with messed up knees. Yeah, I believe that, too. I believe he needs surgery. And it's very convenient timing. And it's not a point on the Colorado Avalanche for bre- not there didn't break any rules for taking advantage of the rules. It's on the NHL for creating dumb rules. This is this, this is this is another example of the ridiculousness of how the cap is structured and how having guys injured is advantageous to your team if the guys come back and just play. It's only advantageous. Here's the thing. I think it creates um disparity because mm-hmm. it does it favors the good teams yep bad teams can't afford to do this <laughs> yeah good teams can because the avs are i mean there's gabriel landeskog is a fantastic player and he's the team's captain and they're barely gonna miss him <laughs> because they're that good and they're that deep mm-hmm. uh is he gonna be back though he's that. coming back right they yeah. don't have a they like, don't have an exact date so it'd be or like timetable, but probably so it's not going to like open up his knee and yeah, full rehab. They and think okay. he'll be there for the playoffs. I'm just trying to make sure that people know that because like knee surgery can mean a lot of different things. Right, right, right. yeah, could be like PCL and career shortening. Yeah, or totally, it could be like the, scope. It needs to be on number one on the list when they renegotiate the CBA is to fix this because it's it's good it's getting ridiculous. To the way we're looking at so, guys going out for injuries and timing them perfectly so that you get a cap advantage. At a certain point, a luxury tax makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? Well, like why? Like why are we doing this? Yeah, and because it already it already exists. It exists for the rich teams. Like, j- j- just to put it into context, what if the Leafs were just like, uh, yeah, Peter Mrazek's hurt mm-hmm. for the next two years. <laughs> And then they can just, like, we're talking about teams acquiring Shea Weber's contract. Like, it's an awesome idea. Like, we, there should be no scenario, whether it's for the rich teams or the poor teams, where we're like, it's great this team is acquiring this player who does not play anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make any sense. And why, why the better the player, the greater the benefit? Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Kucherov makes nine and a half, and the Lightning go, hell yeah. 
<laughs> Our MVP's out. <laughs> Lots we can do with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think if you're deep, you, you can. But uh, I'm with you, Jesse. I think there's a there needs to be a fix. But I would also say that the rich teams who control the league do not want this to be fixed mm -hmm. because it's a cheat code. Yeah. See, is it the rich teams or is it because like I thought the teams in charge are the cheap ones. Well, they so they all spend to the cap though. Yeah, but Jeremy Jacobs is cheap. He doesn't want to spend above the cap. You know what I mean? But he does. Montreal does. Toronto not, does. Not New York does. Not that far. Okay, you're one, that's one team. There's an executive yeah, of eight teams. Right. Jeremy Jacobs, despite, despite the Jeremy Jacobs' iron fist, we do know that he can be outvoted. Yeah, real life Mr. Burns. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And uh, for, for just clarification on Joe Sackick's dealings, he has not utilized the LTIR on Landeskog just yet. He hasn't utilized it uh, for uh, Gerard either. Like, he has those both guys, and he hasn't... He can throw them both on LTIR and get 12, about $12 million in cap space if they stay out till the playoffs. That's real bad news on Gerard, by the way. Oh, yeah. But he's going to be back... Uh, his timetable is before the playoffs, so that's why they're not doing shenanigans with him. Back injury. Yeah. Mm. That's, you know what it reminds me of? Gardner. Ah, mm. uh, like he'll be yeah. back, but how back will he be for the rest of his career? Because it's a back injury. Not necessarily for the rest of his career, but definitely this season, you can expect a suboptimal Sam Gerrard. I have a friend named Steve Dangle who has back injuries, and I don't expect him to return to the NHL anytime soon. Do you know how hard I've worked <laughs> to get my back to be somewhat adequate? Like, holy shit, man! I I can't imagine. I don't know how you play hockey with a bad back. It's the way of carrying uh carrying a whole network on your back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I had yeah. such a good workout yesterday. Landeskog isn't on the LTIR just yet. He might, he might be very soon, but he's not there yet. And if they do, they can get like seven million dollars for him it just to work, use the couch uh, for the deadline. Wouldn't be the first time I was wrong on Landeskog this week. It said he was going to get fined, and then he did not. Mm -hmm. Um, and the knee surgery happens on Monday, so they get some clarification on that. Hmm. So I believe. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about those Golden Knights. Let's talk about how the Golden Knights have lost five games in a row. Jack Eichel's Vegas Golden Knights. Let's you talk about Sabres fans and apology, you piece of shit. Let's talk about how the Vegas Golden Knights have won five of their last 15. Let's talk about how the Stars are one point behind them with four games in hand. Leafs did you a big favor, Vegas. Now, Robin Leonard is out with an injury, is he not? Mm -hmm. uh, I think he is, but also he's been bad. Frank Saravalli. They need a goal. <laughs> Frank Saravalli mentioned earlier a couple weeks ago that they had expressed some interest. Now, the Golden Knights vehemently deny this. They had expressed interest in Marc-Andre Fleur. Now, that is so interesting. So, listen. If the Golden Knights hadn't gotten rid of Marc-Andre Fleury, they would not have Jack Eichel right now. Right? That's true. So that, that like it just wouldn't have been possible to do that. Mm -hmm. And I say got rid of because they traded him for literally nothing. Yeah. Um, and he found out on Twitter. I forgot the guy's name. That used to be my favorite trivia thing, and now I don't even remember it. What do you mean? The, the guy who they traded him for. Oh, yeah. It was like, who knows? He's finished. That's all I know. Yeah. Who knows? Who cares? And I just think it's funny. How? How? A team that gave up the goalie that won the Vesna. For nothing, is now struggling with goaltending issues. And and listen, I want the Golden Knights to succeed. It's a fun fan base. You want Jack Eichel to succeed. That's a fun storyline, right? 
And I don't think you can pin this one on Jack. I just got back from neck surgery, Eichel. Yeah, seriously. Like people are like, oh, this guy sucks. I'm like, okay, all right, you go run, go do anything after a neck surgery. Talk to me. He's playing particularly admirably, considering considering he like is recovering from neck surgery and hasn't played hockey in like a year. Right. I don't want to give Kelly McCrimmon like, oh, he, I don't want to cut him a break. You know, no. I don't want to be like, hey, this is the benefit of the doubt, Mr. McCrimmon, but. The Vegas Golden Knights over the last like month have put an all-star team on LTIR. And like that's none of it's their fault. Oh, it, uh, Elliot Friedman was going through their LTIR on, yeah. on 32 thoughts. So I was like, because I was like, oh man, does Vegas suck now? And then he went through the list. I'm like, holy shit. So currently, should be a cup contender. Currently out for the Vegas Golden Knights, Robin Leonard, Riley Smith, Brayden McNabb, Matthias Yanmark. Brett Howden, Mark Stone, Alec Martinez, Jake Bischoff. That's Holy that's a team and a half. Shit. Like, how are you supposed to contend when you got, I don't even know how many guys, three, six, seven, eight guys who should be in your lineup out of the lineup. I'll tell you how. Eight you, guys. You put them all on LTIR and you go load up for the trade deadline. Take eight Leafs off the roster. Oh, they're going to be terrible. Tell me they're going to make the playoffs. Garbage. They're going to be eight players. absolute garbage. They don't have Jack Campbell right now and, and Austin <laughs> Matthews isn't in the lineup and I'm like freaked out. Yeah. Um, I want a camera crew to follow around the post-deadline tandem of Robin Leonard and James Reimer. You think that's what's going to happen? My favorite <laughs> odd couple buddy cop movie ever. Oh, they'd be so cute together. Could they be more different? I'm not sure. But they're very kind, both of them. Yeah, but very different types of kind. Yeah. I want to see it. Well, yeah, okay. I think the real buddy cop movie would be James Reimer and Mike Smith. Oh yeah, mm. right. You know, but this, like this, you know, sho shoving buddies, little little bit of that. But um, they need a goalie. They don't necessarily need a world beater. Yeah, what well, you can't do it with Logan Thompson and Laurent Bossuet. You can't. I didn't know. I don't know who Logan Thompson is. <laughs> there yeah. you go. That's what I'm saying. Those are their goalies. That's who they. By the way, they had to pull one of them and put the other one in. Who who got pulled? Who cares? Doesn't matter. That's what happened last night. Oh heavens. When you let the Winnipeg Jets steamroll you seven to three at the end of a five, this is your fifth game in a row you're going to lose, and they steamroll you. Now, again, Jesse, I think you're absolutely right. It's difficult when that many players are out, especially Pacioretty, Leonard, Stone, Martinez. Those are big, mm -hmm. big names on this team. Even Riley Smith was having a year. He was. Yeah. He was. But really good player. This is, I mean, former Leaf Michael Amadio still has a spot in the lineup. <laughs> I love it. How crazy is that? Didn't they have, who do they have? They had like three Leafs fourth line centers. <laughs> yeah, they point. had Adam Brooks at one point, And I think Adam yeah. Brooks is now in Winnipeg. E yes. Which is his home yes, city. He is. That's right. That's nice for him. But uh, all that to say, uh, I do find it. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to watch with interest because here's the thing. Do you think it's funny how if you have. If you have a goaltender there that's comp competent, maybe you lose three of five, but you didn't lose all five. You need they need points. They need points. They need just of any points. Kind. They need points right now. You have to. You can't. You can't help the fact that you've lost this many players to injury. But if you have a competent goaltender, you're going to probably still make the playoffs, considering where they started. But this is already past damaged, right? This is a problem. They are in free fall right now. And like the stars just really nipping at their heels. Dude, the Canucks are right in there too. Yeah, they're making a run. 
Canucks are one point back. <laughs> Man, the Canucks making the playoffs, what a story that would be. They've just been and hanging Jim around. Been, Jim hanging Benning around. would be like, I was right the whole time. Yeah. Oh, See, yeah. I told you they could. See, idiots. <laughs> Edmonton hires him as their next GM. That's right, Oilers fans. I just put that on you. Um, Edmonton, who's been the beneficiary of everybody around them being kind of awful. You know, they've... <laughs> what have they made? But what have they made of it, Jesse? Like last night, um, they won, uh, even though Koskinen allowed five goals. Like <laughs> Detroit has a brand, don't they? Detroit is so good at scoring so many goals oh and God. allowing a lot of How more did goals. Thomas? Okay, Thomas Grice was pulled in the first five minutes. Oh, so it was Grice. Yeah, and then Nadelkovic comes in and lets another one in before the end of the third or first. Like it's that tandem is it's it's shocking. But Grice was good and Nadelkovic was good. What happened when they put on the Red Wing jersey? They played for the Red Wings. I guess, but are they that? I mean, listen, I think if there's one person you can pin this on, it's more Cider, which is why <laughs> he shouldn't win the Calder Trophy. Amen. Am I right? Amen. Am I right? Sucks. Garbage player. Right? People people are like, hey, Bunting didn't score last night. I guess Cider's in the lead. Uh, did you see him play in the game? Yeah. Woo! Cider actually looked He actually good. had a really good I've defensive I've got a play. new take. He had a good defensive I got a new I, I'm take just on giving the, uh, it. I have to give Detroit I fans know, shit. I, I got a new take on the Calder Trophy discussion. Take it. Go take it. Moritz Cider's too young to win the Calder. Wait! How about I that one? It. I love what, it. What if we wow. do that anti-take? What do you go with it? Now, tell me how that would work. He's if, not, we were, if we were to take that position, yeah. lawyer Jesse Blake, yeah. tell me how you would argue that in court. Cider, he's he's too young to win the Calder is my is my premise. Right. You know, I, I think he's he, there's no experience there. The Calder trophy should go to somebody who has learned the NHL game. Mm-hmm. Before Mort getting Sider, to the NHL. No, within this first year of the NHL. Oh, that, okay. It's a rookie. It's a rookie trophy. Within his first year at 19, he's not mature enough out there. He doesn't have the skill set developed. I get he's putting up the points. Yeah. But his brain, his attitude mm. at that ripe age in 19 isn't quite there and I want to give it to the guy who's 26 who's an adult in his first year in the NHL has learned to be an NHL mm. a professional because that's what this is about it's about playing the game of hockey as a professional yeah. and more insiders out there like he's still in junior yeah I rest my case your honor Adam more insider wins the Calder all mm-hmm. right let's let's have this scenario he probably gets some sort of bonus. I, I think you do get a Calder bonus, don't mm-hmm. you? Probably. He uh, goes to the NHL awards. Yeah, wins the Calder. Wins the Calder. Uh-huh. Goes up there, he accepts the award. Yeah. When he goes backstage, uh, he sees all his friends and family. Mm-hmm. After that, his friends and family all want to go out to celebrate. Right. And then uh, what? what's something that you celebrate with? Alcohol. Go to jail. Oh, so he's he, got to, he can't do it. So he'll have to go to Chuck E. Cheese to Unless, celebrate. Yeah, it's in like Canada. the rest of us. Unless it's in Canada, <laughs> in that case, don't go to jail. No. By the way, straight to jail. I heard this crazy historical fact. Can I just tell you guys something? This is crazy. Let me hear. It. So the drinking age in the United States used to be eighteen. I don't know. And yeah. it used to be eighteen in Canada as well, because you were an adult and could hold a gun and go to war. Why it's, can't you have a drink? It's eighteen in a lot of parts of Canada, just not this one. Yeah, not this one, which is also is stupid. It, it gets like even younger in some places, isn't it? Like seventeen in some provinces. I don't know about that. I don't think so. No, I think no. it was like yeah, I think it's adults. Uh, and yeah. in Europe, it's it's like twelve. If you're Italian. Yeah. <laughs> 
you've like chugged wine, you know, but you don't chug I never wine. got a clear answer. Like when I was in the UK, I'm like, so what is drinking age here? They're like, ah. ah <laughs> it's ah. <laughs> ah. Um, uh, but, but apparently, and I don't know, I haven't looked into this, but apparently the reason it's 21 in the States beca is because Ronald Reagan in the early 80s, like ultra conservative guy, um, came in and wanted to up the drinking age because they thought it would help people from bit or stop people from binge drinking in college and focus on their studies. And so what he did was he said to all the all the states, unless you um, up your drinking age, you're not getting any money for your highways and infrastructure this year. Wow. And then they all basically turned on it and did it. Well, now they got their highways. Isn't so that crazy? Switch it back. Yeah, switch it, switch it back. And apparently also there's been studies done and it leads to more binge drinking. When you oh. can't drink till you're 21. Dude, Isn't that crazy? I, so, I just thought that was nuts. I'm like, that is so stupid. I cannot believe that Drinking is more fun when it's illegal. It is way more. It stopped yeah. being fun the second I turned 19. If Detroit was really smart, they would create a cider that's cider cider mm. when he turns 21. And then you could celebrate with cider cider. Go drinking at 21. Well, you know? I like a good cider. Two yeah. seasons from now, when he's, I don't know, still up for the Calder because... They're mad about bunting, so they changed the criteria. Mm -hmm. and you're allowed to win it for five different years. You know, maybe then. But you could right start now, too young. Go to you jail. could start a good pub, and you could call it More Eats and Cider. <laughs> what? Oh, just man. To, I, I would do that in Detroit. I would do More Eats and Cider. I don't know. Yeah, come on. So you get some good food. You, you know get what? Some cider. I'm upset, but he's right. I mean, come on. That's a perfect business opportunity. More Eats. <laughs> Cider. Comma cider. Comma cider. Yeah. It's just a list of the things that you like. Yeah. Eat a lot and yeah. drink cider. Cider. I like it. Come on. Big guys. in the fall. Come big on. In, big in the fall. Big money ideas here coming out of this cranium. Mm -hmm. um, I want to read you guys something that broke during the show. <clears throat> it's a press release from Peter Holland. And I read this because Ooh. I'm like, I wonder if there's anything interesting in here. And Peter turns, Holland? Peter Holland. Like the former, former Toronto Maple Leaf. Oh. Former, I believe, Anaheim Duck. Uh, Arizona Coyote, and he was the guy that the Leafs brought in Ranger when they had no centerman. No, and we were really hoping Peter Holland. He's a former first round pick. We were really hoping that he was gonna. Peter, do you want a spot in an NHL lineup? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> do we have an opportunity for you? One hundred percent. You're gonna be first line center tomorrow. So yeah. Peter Holland uh, sends this out. He said press release. I have decided to step away from the game of hockey. It feels weird to say retire, but I guess that's what it is. I'm not sure if a Twitter thread is an appropriate form to announce this, but when you're a bubble guy, there's no press conference or banner raising or puck drop, etc. So here it is. It's strange to think that something which has been a part of me since before I can remember will no longer be a part of my future. This was not an easy decision, but in order to be honest with myself, it was time to confront the reality that hockey had become unenjoyable for me. I was no longer committed to getting better, and therefore I was getting worse. It was an unsustainable trajectory, not only for my career, but also for my mental health. And therefore it was better to stop altogether. Also life comes at you fast with a young family of my own, having to pack up every six to eight months and being away from extended family, sometimes as far as 10 hours apart, just wasn't worth it anymore. But perhaps more importantly, and don't worry guys, I'm getting to the part where I think you'll find extremely interesting. Hmm. I'm doing it on my own terms with my health, something not to be taken for granted, especially after playing a highly competitive physical game professionally for over a decade and not to mention 15 years before that. Admittedly, my passion for the game really fell off a cliff the moment I was traded out of Toronto. I could never rekindle that spark I had when wearing a Leaf jersey. It was like my hockey path was always destined to allow me to wear my boyhood colors, the blue and white, 
And wow, am I ever blessed to have gotten that opportunity. Once that was over, it was as though I had accomplished the pinnacle of all my hopes and dreams. Did I dream of hoisting a Stanley Cup? Heck yeah. But as a boy, uh, to even make it to the NHL was a long shot. So what are the odds I was going to get to play for my team too? There's just some things in the world that you can't explain. And so he goes on to talk about um, his family, being a part of the community, uh, working with sick kids. I remember actually Peter Holland and the Toronto Maple Leafs were sort of like locked in a will they, won't they RFA conversation, but he still came into breakfast television, repping the Toronto Maple Leafs, talking about sick kids and was really great that morning. He, and believe me, not every professional athlete's great at 6 a.m. And well, he was spectacular. I remember we had like a tongue in cheek thing with him where the Leafs sent him to everything because he was the local guy who lived there. Yeah. Mm. Back when there weren't a ton of those. Now there's lots. Yep. But uh, yeah, he was a local guy who wanted to be there at a time where no one really wanted to be there. Finally, if I can offer my advice, and this is an 18-tweet thread, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. So finally, if I can offer my advice to parents of young hockey players out there, let them decide how much they want to play. I played multiple sports growing up. It was never just hockey. I played flag, football, basketball, volleyball, competed in track and field, golf, and competitive soccer. I truly believe I loved hockey as long as I did because I didn't burn out of it. If your kids are lucky enough for hockey to become a job, that's great, but I promise they'll miss those days when it wasn't. That's it. Thanks for reading and taking part in my Twitter press, uh, press retirement conference. <laughs> so Peter Holland, I thought it was interesting. And I think the way it ended in Toronto, you have to look at the way his career ended in Toronto differently. It's terrible. Well, it's because Mike Babcock came in and, and, and Mike is one of those guys who decides he doesn't like you and then there's no way to win. For those of us who don't know how it ended, can you go through how it ended? Well, so you know how there was Freevo with Josh Levo and Frank, Free Frank Corrado. Peter Holland got that treatment too. It just wasn't as high profile. And the I think the torture for him is uh, Peter Holland's time with the Toronto Maple Leafs was done long before he was traded. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that was necessarily his fault. He was on a different in rebuilding team with a coach that didn't want him uh, very obviously didn't want him. Um, and at that point you're looking for an opportunity to get into the lineup um, or you're looking at what is best for your career and that's to get traded. And sure enough, you know, he goes to the Arizona coyotes and a week or two later, he's back in Toronto, scores the shootout winner. Yes, I remember. Oh, and so Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. for a guy to come, come back and do that. Which was a big TV moment for me. Oh. That, was, that was hilarious because before the game, I literally said, how, how on the pregame show, I said, how is he going to do it? And they like sort of followed it throughout the show. And they're like, oh my God, he was right. No, of course I was right. I'm a Leaf fan. I go with the worst case scenario and then it happens. It's not that hard. Um, But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for him that that's the way it went. I hate hearing that story and I've heard it from a lot of guys. Um, remember the story of Stefan Legion? So I sort of remember it. I remember watching him play for Team Canada and stuff, but can you, can you give me that? So Stefan Legion, I think, was the second round pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets, played for Team Canada, uh, had some sort of injury before the gold medal game. His arm was in a sling, so he couldn't play, but he was out there getting the gold medal. And he retired at 19 um, because he just didn't love the game anymore. He didn't love it. He ended up uh, coming back. He went and like went on a fishing boat for a year, didn't he? Wasn't that him? I don't remember. There was I, another player just like that who fell out of love with the game. Paul Ranger was another guy 
that could have been a pretty strong defenseman, played for the Leafs for a bit, I think played for the Bolts for a bit, was a high draft pick. So I had heard that one of Steve Eiserman's first orders of business when he became GM of the Lightning. So Paul Ranger had already been away from the Lightning for quite some time. Steve Eiserman came to the Lightning and he uh, offered Paul Ranger money, like yeah, like a couple million bucks. And he said no. Yeah. And it's not like he stopped playing. Like, uh, I would go to the... I'd be working at the zoo and I'd be talking to guys and they'd be like, yeah, I was playing hockey last night and there was this guy who was unbelievable and it was Paul Ranger and he would just wreck Durham rec league hockey. Yeah. <laughs> like he'd just be, he was the best rec league player because he was very clearly an NHL player still. Uh, but it wasn't for him. Right. Like he still, he's a guy who still seemed to love hockey, but he didn't love the league. Um, it's my understanding the Leafs offered him an NHL deal, and he said, what about the AHL? And they were like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. He wanted to get back into it that way. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It happens There was those a, guys. So my friend is friends with somebody who was a high draft choice. Okay. Uh, my friend Philippe okay. is friends with a guy who was a high draft choice in the NHL. Sidney Crosby? Not, no. <laughs> but this guy never panned out to be anything. Like but Crosby. We, but he was supposed to be. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, Crosby's garbage. Maureen Sider is going to be the next Crosby. Garbage, both of them. Um, uh, it's just fun at this point. I, I like. You I, know, so. I, hope, many, I hope Red Wings fans. Do know. you know how many of them are in my men? Every time Maureen Sider breathes, I'm getting I'm getting tweets now. It's great. So so my friend Philippe's friend uh, was big. You know, big guy scored a bunch in junior and got drafted and quit. Another guy just quit. And wow. they were saying, like, he had a stature, like, he was big like Eric Lindros was big back in the day and could move. Um, would have been a very good NHL player, but just didn't care anymore. And apparently this guy didn't put on skates for, like, 10 years. He just stopped. I believe it. I have a, another person that I used to know that, you know, uh, made it to the Peterborough Peets. And after the first day of camp, 16 years old or 15 years old or whatever it was, said, I can't do this anymore, and quit, and has never played hockey since, and he's in his 30s. Wow. It's crazy. Sometimes it's just, okay, I'm done now. Like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And he said, I, I didn't have a childhood. I, play, I played hockey seven nights a week. Well, like, even think of the OHL. Their, their schedule is 68 games. It's a lot of games. I think. But, like, think back to high school. Think back to how stressful high school was, like, as a teenager, right? Like, as an adult, you can handle high school, no problem. Sure. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, with all the tools I have now as a 34-year-old man, I could I'd probably be able to manage it. I yeah, would yeah. crush math class. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when I was 14, I didn't have the tools, right, 20 years ago. So, <laughs> so it was stressful. Now, imagine you're spending hours and hours and hours a week on the bus and at practice and you're playing all these games and dudes are trying to take your head off and they're twice your size and there's scouts and there's millions of dollars at stake. And, and your parents are relying on you. And you've already been doing this for over half a decade. Yeah. Right? You know, all those road trips and everything. I understand burnout on that level. Absolutely. It 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 makes me feel especially sad for Peter Holland because um, he holds a special place in my heart just because... I got to talk to him when he was uh, in junior, and now he's got me blocked, and I'm not 100% sure why. We talked about that on the show before, too. I don't know that. I, Peter Holland blocked you? Yeah, we talked about this. I don't know why. Um, I hope I wasn't rude to him. Um, I have a feeling it might have something to do with his departure from Toronto, and 
and Babcock's quote about, you know, some guys thought they could hang here and they went somewhere else and they discovered they couldn't. Right. Um, Which was about Peter Holland. Yeah, it doesn't help that he's fucking kicking guys on the way out. That's super unnecessary. How many yeah. coaches do that? Um, but um, I, I still remember interviewing him center ice um, with the Guelph Storm. We had the whole arena to ourselves. We hopped the glass to do it, too. We couldn't get onto the ice, um, and we both agreed to hop the glass. And as I'm watching him climb, I'm like, okay, first of all, this is going to be much harder for me to get over because he's an athlete and I'm not. Second of all, if he lands funny and tears his knee, this dude's a projected first rounder. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. never going to work again. That's scary. And uh, I remember he like he took it really seriously. I had my notes with me for the interview and he was looking through them and seeing where he was in the draft rankings and everything. And, uh, you know, just a really well-spoken guy. Big frame, good score. He was part of the, the Guelph Storm had a ton of players that year who were supposed to make it. Um, and a lot of them didn't really have the same the the career that was expected of them it was him it was michael latta was michael another latta. guy wow yeah I'm trying to remember who else there was one other guy who was who was on that team who was highly touted um it's it's a shame but i'm glad like he's made that discovery about himself and it's this is a decision that is difficult to make peter holland could absolutely play hockey somewhere well he was playing in jersh garden in Sweden, Jurgarden, yeah. Jurgarden, and uh, Optimobilist. Optim- uh, so Optimobilist, right? Yes. So that is uh, Joffrey Lupel lasted nine games there, um, and and he did two seasons and had forty three points and thirty six points. Pretty good. North Americans lasting in the KHL's Eastern Conference is rare. It's usually you're a mercenary. You go in, you get your money, you get the hell out. There's rare examples of guys sticking. Jesse Blacker, uh, Nigel Dawes, and not a ton of other people. Um, it's in the same way that North America might be a culture shock for some Russian players. Yeah. Eastern Russia Russia is a culture shock for Canadian and American players. And a lot of them don't last very long. I can long. see that. It yeah. would be different. It'd be very different. Yeah, They have a super cool logo. Yeah. Uh, but Lupa lasted nine games there. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, you know. I, I just wanted to say I thought that was a really interesting thing. And by the way, most players go out like Peter Holland did. They yeah. don't get the puck drop. They don't get the press conference. They just go. Mm-hmm. And, and like, uh, he, yeah. you know, he might have made more than you or I throughout most of his career. But like now he's he's 31. And that's what I mean. Right. He's 31. Okay, now what? 30 years of working life left. Maybe. Also, by the way, let me just throw this out there. Um, Peter Holland's younger than us. And he's retiring. <laughs> That's yeah. scary. That's it's happening, I... Steve. It's happening more and more. Oh, I know. Wayne Simmons is our age. Oh, Yo. dude, re- junior guys are retiring. I saw <laughs> Louis LeBlanc play in a in an alumni game. <laughs> that dude's younger than us too. Yeah. Sorry, same d- same draft class. I, think. I was gonna say to your point where most guys go out with a whimper. That's why books like Ken Reed's One Night Only yes. are so fascinating because that is the majority of stories. Guys who get like five games in the NHL and then are gone. His his specifically is for guys who get one game, you know, and then never reach it again. But that is the majority of these NHL players. The, it's the rare case where you get the ten year career. I'm a little upset that Ken Reed has given up on the audiobook thing. 
What do you because mean? I would really like if he would translate some of those in audiobooks. I I uh, narrated my own audiobook, and Ken did that for one of his books, and that's why he hasn't done it for two of his books. I've heard it's <laughs> really yeah. I've heard it's really hard. Um, I enjoyed the experience, but it was tiring. I'd do it again. Whereas Ken is like, nope, mm. don't have time for that. Is that. He doesn't have somebody just to like the publisher is not just going to get somebody to do the other two. I think you have to know. pay for that. Right. Don't uh, you? I uh, imagine you not pay for that. It I might see. come out of your because I got paid to record my own. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, it's true. I wonder if it comes out of, of the royalties or whatever. Cut. Yeah. And I mean, you don't write books to get rich. <laughs> not in Canada. Not in no, Canada. No. No. Oh, anyway, uh, shout out to Peter Holland on a great career and uh, really enjoyed that Twitter thread. Let's do the press conference. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. And one quick thing before we get into it, I do want to mention, and I didn't realize I'd done this, but I scooped um, <laughs> uh, I scooped uh, uh, Julian and Chris on their uh, episodes next week. They will have one Sunday morning pre-deadline. They will have another one Tuesday Post deadline, the SDP will also do Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday next week. Steve is obviously unavailable to us because he's got Sportsnet. Um, you got work. You got some serious work to do. And to be honest with you, nobody wants a pre-deadline show the day of, right? You want it on the Sunday. (laughs) You do not want it on the Monday because what's the effing point? Well, and CJ is going to be up for like forty-eight hours. So (laughs) yeah, I'm surprised he even wanted to do Tuesday, but uh, it should be spectacular. Um, Shows passion for it, doesn't it? Well, and you could see. You could see, like the 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 show is just in its element right now. Oh. They are killing it, so please check them out. And there's a new Noxie and Cats out, right, Jesse? There is, but I wanted to get to a more important show on the network. Oh! Sorry, Noxie and Cats. No, Ooh. I'm just joking. Uh, Noxie and Cats yesterday were joined by uh, Megan Turner, who is a member of Team Bauer, the Boston region of the PWHPA. And one thing they hit on that was very fascinating was that there's. People like to make there's a war between the PHF and the PWHPA. And they were like, amongst the players, there is no war. Like, there might be a, a war amongst management and building these two leagues. And there that, might be two women's league professional leagues. But I believe the, that. All the players, they're friends. They're of like, course. Oh, yeah, we hang out with the uh-huh. girls all the time. We go to their games. We're good. So don't think the women are infighting Here, these two Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Support women's sports. Yeah, there you go. That was the whole point. Support it the best way that you can possibly. Don't make it about them against each other. Exactly. I was in an elevator with a bunch of the Canadian women's team at the outdoor game. Were you? Yeah, and no one had to push any buttons. The elevator just went levitated on its own because they were all wearing their gold medals. They put them together and they just the they glowed and the whole thing Mm -hmm. just rose all the way to the seventh floor. Very convenient. So go check out Noxie and Cax. There's a new episode tomorrow as well. That'll drop around, uh, I think, one or noon tomorrow. But today, there's an episode of Agent Provocateur with Frank Saravalli and Alan Walsh and our dear friend, Alan. Uh, Agent Provocateur. Is that how you Pro- pronounce it? Provocateur. Provocateur. CJ said it really messed up on the last <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the Chris Johnson show. I was listening to it on the way here, and I was like, we're just going to gloss over that, CJ. <laughs> how funny is that? I want to play a little clip from Agent Provocateur. It's out right now. You can go listen to it, and here's a little preview of the kind of conversations you'll get, and then Adam will go into a deep. I've always had a beef with the NHL putting games 
on deadline day. And I think that it is not too much of an effort to just make sure on that one day of the year when all of this is going on, that players not have to play games that evening. They're so distracted during the day. Nobody's taking a nap. You've got teams in the air. You've got teams on the ice at practice. Every Canadian team, every 15 minutes, a report from the practice rink of wherever they are. And I just think there shouldn't be games that night. Of all the beefs that you have with the NHL, this might be the most reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) That's Frank Sarabali. Can you uh, tell us about the episode? Yeah. So the whole thing was I've, I've wanted to do this pretty much since the beginning. Uh, When I first talked to Alan last summer, my thing was like, wait till trade deadline. We can do trade deadline from an agent's perspective. We get the player perspective. We get the coach perspective, or sorry, coach and GM perspective. Sometimes we even get the family perspective. Hey, how's your wife and kids? Sometimes they ask that when someone gets traded but we never get the agent and no one ever asked the insiders or the agents how are you how are you doing and but what's interesting is alan and frank both said it's pretty much the worst week of the year like yeah. the most anxiety around this week <laughs> like obviously they understand it it's exciting for everybody else but for them not an exciting time and you can see throughout frank is checking his phone looking at his <laughs> phone alan's checking looking you know alan tries his best at to put his phone down but at, at the end of the the uh, the podcast we ask him how many calls he's missed and it's twenty four. Whoa! In an hour, twenty four. That means he could have been on a call for two minutes. <laughs> Each of those calls for two minutes, and that's how we would have got through the twenty four. Or was one calls. person could be one. He could have been one person. I bet it's Huberto saying MVP, right? MVP. M- yeah. Um, it's just twenty four voicemails that just say MVP. <laughs> There's another moment in the in the podcast where Frank Savarelli goes into a story about the Dominic Ducharme. The firing and right because he, he got into it with someone about that he broke the story and he broke it a little too early because he broke it around like i don't know three o'clock in the afternoon and then it was a big deal and afterwards somebody hit him up and they said there's a reason the ducharme firing wasn't announced it was because his kids weren't home from school yet and oh. they didn't want his kids to walk in the front mm-hmm. door knowing their dad got fired and he said, this is the del." And he's like, I didn't know that when I hit send on the tweet. Yeah, and no one told him. This is the delicate balance that insiders have with these real life people who have lives and, and families and everything. And he's like, that's an incident where I just didn't know. And I hit send and his kids found out and they knew before they got home, before their dad could tell them. It that was like when, um, I don't yeah. know if you remember this, but John Liu at TSN in, in Montreal, who is a spectacular reporter. Above board on everything. Ever since I was a kid, I think he, I think he accidentally broke that Carrie Price and Carrie Price's wife were pre- like uh, that they were having a baby or something. Oh, I do and, seem to remember. And something he, about that. you could not like you, you could. He tweeted an apology. He had one on the air. Like could not be more apologetic. But that's what you know. You're dealing with very sensitive things like that, right? And it wasn't like Carrie Price is pregnant or Carrie Price's wife is pregnant. It was more like, hey, and you know they're having a baby and blah. blah. It's something that came out in conversation. And it's just, but they hadn't shit. told the world yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, long story short, fascinating episode. Great to get those, and and uh, and and the trade deadline is honestly, you know, what we all live for here. Trade deadline, free agency, mm-hmm. draft. It's all fun. So uh, let's enjoy it while they hate it. Good, good for Frank for being open to like telling that story because like, mm-hmm. that's embarrassing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lesson there. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Do you have any questions, Jesse? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna clip that one. That's gonna be up on our Twitter if you want to watch that little clip from the episode, and then go watch the full episode. So this question comes from Phil Bex because the Calder Trophy has been such a conversation on our show. Phil Bex asks, 
What do you guys think about an end of season award for the best player, thirty five plus? <laughs> I love that. You idea. award longevity and talent. Yeah, I love that idea. <laughs> That's kind of cool, right? What do you call it? Joe Thornton Award. Oh. No, the Yarmir Yager Award. Yeah. G- Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe, even yeah. Gordy Howe would be the guy. It'd be you have to be Yarmir or Gordy, and and Gordy played into his fifties in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Gordy Howe. Uh, do they have? I, feel I know like, they don't even have a Gordy Howe. Is there anything after Howe? See, I've always thought they should have, and and people are gonna laugh at me because I don't I don't rate assists as high as I rate goals. But I, it doesn't mean that they're not important. I just think goals are more important. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have the Wayne Gretzky Award should be most assists because Gretzky would like, get like a hundred a year. Yep. That that should be absolutely an award. Oh, you mean the Jonathan Huberdo Award? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It would have his name staple on it for sure. What's and then your problem? I love <laughs> I love the I love the veteran I love the veteran award. I love whatever that what this is, is a good idea, right? What's like a like, like who's the most like Joe Thornton has gotta be the most embodied embodiment lately of a guy who's yeah. like grizzled veteran who's old, but Gordy Howe has gotta be yeah, I'm like, old, I, old, the old and good award. Joe, I like the idea of Yager. Yeah, Joe Thornton can win it if he wants. But yeah, yeah. no, it's got to be, yeah, Yager, Chelios, or Howe, mm-hmm. even Bauer. Well, and I, I do, I, I, I like the idea too of it not being a North American. No offense to Gordy Howe, but like, That's there's good. a lot of awards that are just named after North Americans. Everything's mm-hmm. North American. I get I think. that. So you know, it'd be nice to include someone else. The, the Yarmir Yager Award of Longevity. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just needs to be the award title. They don't do the yeah. Rocket Richard of scoring goals. No, we'll call, we'll call it <laughs> the, Los Angel, the, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. We'll call it the We Can't Buy Out Your Contract Award. Oh, there you go. Uh-huh. Because at 35 plus, remember, it's a full Can't buyout. buy it out. That was a good one. Yeah, I thought that was a great idea. I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, last thing. It's, it's going to be boring when Ovechkin wins it for the first five years. <laughs> Two things actually. Wesbo says uh, Arizona's eight and three since they got Richie. Um, Yo, Richie's been on fire. So funny. It's it's yeah. I mean, and honestly, good for Nick Richie. Like I know, mm-hmm. You're I, cheering honest, against him. No, we wanted him to work. It, it like we wanted him to to succeed here. Yeah. Now he's playing in the NHL, scoring and still making two point five million dollars. Good for him. He's winning. Yeah. And the last thing Miranda wants to know, what the hell is up with the Leafs and so many bench miners? Man, they've been guilty of that for a while. Since Babcock. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get so it. I wish NHL I had an explanation. Bench miner leaders. They're a lazy oh, line-changing team. Like, they <laughs> have been for years. Like, <laughs> I'm no. always... It's the one thing NHL players do that always mystifies me. Like, whenever I see a guy casually gliding on one blade towards the bench. I'm like, you know you're in an NHL game, They right? do that like, every shift. Yeah. yeah. Willie does it really badly. Like, But like even like a like a a guy like um, Mikheyev I saw the other day. I'm like, what the f- the, the left foot glide with the stick up, you know, just yeah. go on the bench. Get yeah. on the fuck. You're not in the play anymore. Get out of here. The longer you're on the ice, the more uh, the guy who just hopped over the boards for you is risking putting the team down uh-huh. and can't play. Literally cannot play. And it comes down to just hustle. Bozak like, used to be really bad. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they used to tell you in, in when we played hockey, you skate as hard to the bench as you did on the ice for the puck. 
mm-hmm. because you got to get off. You got to get out of there. I don't know, man. I, I, It's so frustrating watching the Leafs sometimes with that. Now, last night it was Labushkin and Riley jumping over. I think that's just, I think on that one, it's just they weren't focused. And the, they weren't paying attention. When Labushkin tried to jump back on the bench and he yeah. the swan dive into it and he couldn't get You know what? On. A for like, effort. But, like, guys, you're NHLers. You're going to make a mistake. I would rather them take a too many minute penalty or too many men penalty do for that mm-hmm. than. Just I'll just casually leave the ice and the puck hits the guy, extra guy, and then penalty. Grab, grab some popcorn. Is some, <laughs> someone uh, where to put my credit card? I gotta order some. Get off the ice, Jesus! You're trying to win a game. Get out of here. I wonder if other teams, fans of other teams, have this issue, or if this is a Leaf thing. Maybe because I don't, I don't, I don't evaluate that versus the rest of the league. If if we actually take more bench miners, I'd love to know. Well, I'm not paying attention to like, oh man, Dallas Stars really have a problem changing. Right, right so, now I'd there love was to know. it. Sure, never comes along at the right time, but I guess it wouldn't for any team, right? I do remember the Owen Sound attack, um, the year they won the OHL championship in 2011. They, someone pointed out, they're like, watch, they all change at the same time. Mm. And it was all I could focus on when watching them. All five guys hop over the boards at the exact same time. Like it was just, it was like, <laughs> how do you have a signature line change style? That's so strange. Like, and they won. And they won. Yeah, I'm In looking the worst way. Yeah, were you able to find it? I can't. We're find delaying it. long enough. I cannot <laughs> find it. I can find coaches for this year. Um, it, it wouldn't be hard. Coaches to find. with Someone too will... many men on the ice statistics. Like the most that I can see is Bob Bugner. Is he a coach? Yeah. Craig Berube's got five. Bob Moodner's not got five. I'm looking for John, John Cooper's got four. Where is Sheldon Keefe? Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon Keefe. Um, I don't see the thing is like I don't even I don't know where he is unless there's oh, there's a next page. Don't worry about it. Sheldon Keefe has ten this year. Oh my god. It's the most in the league. Most bench minus. Ten ten too many men. Ten too many men. And he was pissed. Yeah, he was. Wow. Sheldon Keefe has 10 this year. That is the most in the league. So, yeah. There you go. There's something it's to that. It's not in our brains. And let me, okay, so let me just check the, the previous year because season. Uh, oh, wait. Start season, stop season. So, Sheldon Keefe. Let's, do you want to look at the last three years? Sure. sure. Okay, regular season. The most too many men. Too many men. Too many men. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Too much man. Oh, my God. Stop promoting Sarah Sivian's podcast. <laughs> stop. Very good podcast. Um, Sheldon Keefe 21 John Cooper has 24 Craig Berube with 25 uh, DJ Smith with 24 by the way there are calls for his job in Ottawa right now if it's the last three years Sheldon Keefe's only been a head coach for two and okay so bit. Sheldon Keefe is among the top and he's only been the coach for most of the, like he took halfway through yeah yeah so it's not good it's, it's not just, good it's not good it's just the NHL is hard enough to win in as it is He's got 15 in his last two seasons. Yeah, 123 like, games. It's so that's that's 100 penalty minutes worth. Of, it's 10 percent of games. Yeah, you could have gotten into 20 fights instead, <laughs> and, and had probably not been on shorthanded if you got into 20 fights. Right? How no, many you, leave you players got a fight? So no. <laughs> how many leave players over that amount of time have drawn 20 penalties? It's probably a sh- pretty short list. I was wondering something the other day, and I want to leave you with this, if that's okay. Unless mm-hmm. we got another question we want to get to. I'm all good. Here's my question for the press conference: If the NHL really wants to get rid of fighting, why don't they go down to four on four once there is a fight? Uh, I think that's funny. 
I think because that would favor the team like a Leafs team that would be like high flying, would it not? Well, see, that would would that not encourage the Leafs to fight? If you're losing, you get into a fight to open up the ice so you can score. Oh. Yeah, no, then all of a sudden it becomes part of strategy. I just feel I, I don't like think that Okay, sense. maybe not, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. All right. All right. I, li I like the idea and I question. equally like shooting it down. Okay. Just a thought. Um, to end the show, you want to breathe into the uh, mic for two minutes straight? <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Is it no, all of us. All three of us. <laughs> you know what we need? The mic stands. It would be nice no to have like sometimes the ones that hang or get ones that are a little bit higher. I always crouch down at this microphone. You're like this. You got your nose right in the... I do. I'm sorry about that. How's that one, subwoofer guy? <laughs> wow, that was, a, that was a big one. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter. At Steve underscore Dangle. At Adam W-Y-L-D-E. And at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.